welcome to the Indigo Plateau Live Show and Podcast. I'm joined with Woodland Docs and our new co-host, Pat Attack. Fellas, how are you doing today? Had sugar. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, how much sugar? Uh, so we'll talk about it more in a second, but we went on vacation last week and there was this farmer's market or flea market or whatever. And this lady was selling caramels out of the back of her car. And normally that's suspicious, but mm-hmm. since there was like a crowd there, I figured it was okay. So we bought the caramels and they're the best caramels I've ever had in my life. And I keep eating them. So, Ooh. Uh, so the, the caramels in the car is kind of sketchy, but as long as they're the best caramels you ever have had, I think I could forget that. They are the best caramels I've ever had. I don't know. I, I will. I will. Next time I'm down in Cincinnati, I will buy everybody caramels. <gasps> Please do. Pat. Sounds like fun. We have. So this is actually our first live show, obviously, but we did record two episodes prior to this. The first one was out today, so we kind of asked Pat some questions to get to know him better. But this is Pat's first live show, so everyone, welcome Pat. And uh, yeah, Pat, uh, how, how are you doing today? Ah, doing good, man. Uh, had a very lazy day. Went out, got some sushi with uh, my partner. Had a picnic outside. You no know? sushi. Was so. it was was the sushi covered in caramel at all? No, not caramel. Some spicy, <laughs> some spicy sauce, but not caramel. You're nasty. <laughs> so your day was not as good as mine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh I'm telling you guys these caramels. Anyways, uh, well, so you know, I don't want to, I don't want to commandeer anything real quick, but uh, I mentioned that I went on vacation last week, and you guys know I like to do plushie of the day, but because we went on vacation last week, I have something to show the two of you. And show chat and anybody watching this on YouTube afterwards. Remember, go check it out. Videos available. But um, since we only have plushie of the day, on our way to vacation, there's a store in uh, Dayton, Ohio, called Original One Fifty One, and it is wonderful. And I spent close to two hundred dollars there. Wow! So let's go over it. Okay, first, since we normally do plushie of the day, Allie loves Pokemon. Wanted. And I don't know why. A wingle. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> she wanted a wingle. <laughs> That's incorrect. It's not a pelper. But I was gonna pelper, say, I was gonna say but... <laughs> careful choice of words there. So then um one of our uh, one of our close friends, uh her kid is a little bit over one and he's just starting to like recognize stuff. And he actually has a favorite Pokemon. Every time he sees this Pokemon, he freaks out. So we got him an Umbreon plush. Oh wow! The Trevor Trevor loves Umbreon, and he's such a little goober. Oh, I love that kid. So he loves Umbreon. That's adorable. Um, and then you know, I I said you know Trevor said I should treat myself to an Arbok. So I got an Arbok. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I really like Arbok. I actually is that oh, uh. That's it's not, a sitting cutie. Is it is it like an official sitting cutie or no? Yeah, yeah, they're all official. Oh <gasps> wow. So um Trevor told me to get myself an Arbok since I was being so kind to get him an Umbreon. I actually um, really love that. That's actually adorable. It is really cool. <laughs> I it, like that. Does it sit like stand up oh, yeah. like that to where you can yeah. see the hood of it? Oh yeah, that's adorable. Um, like it's got bean like bean bags. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So, um so it actually sits. Um, I would have known, I would have been like, hey, <laughs> Pat, do you have <laughs> any sitting cuties? No, unf- oh. I have. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. I have figurines. I have like action figures. So 
Hold, please. So, yeah. But since you said action figures, well, here's what I spent another 50 bucks on. I've got a Misty. And you can't have Misty without water Pokemon. It's a Shelter and a Slowbro. And I don't know if you can connect them or not, <laughs> but I would love to. And then on top of those, they had more figures. I have a soft spot for Leon, and I don't know why. He's just a really fun character. And then you have to get the OG of OGs. Pikachu and Ash's Caterpie together. <laughs> those are those little figurines. Yeah. When, when, when Pat said figures, I'm like, oh, I got figures too. Um, but then um, these we actually wanted Dave and Busters. Some Mega Constructs. One's a Togepi, one's a Bulbasaur. Oh, those are those like Legos kind of. You kind of build them. Yeah. Is that what that is? And then um, also at the store, Ghost, two of these are yours. Japanese cards. Yeah, boy. So super cool. We spent a lot of money at that store. Uh, anybody that's a Pokemon fan, if you're around Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky, I suggest you check it out. Uh, Southeastern Indiana, I guess, as well. Um, it's in Dayton, Ohio. It's called Original 151. It's inside of a mall. They also have cookies at the mall. So uh, no caramels, but they had cookies. So. <laughs> it's super um, easy to spend money there. When I oh, went, yeah. I think I spent quite a bit. Yeah. Wait, did you? No, you didn't go with us. It no, was... it was by myself. But Pat, these things are the cute. These are these little sitting cuties. I have a Grumpig. <laughs> it's so cute. Love it. A Victory Bell. I mean, come on. And and Gastrodon. Gastrodon. I would love like a Mimikyu. They probably like, have that, would, that, right? That would um, be awesome I, to see. I think the sitting cuties are only up to Gen Five. I'm looking at my Mimikyu on the shelf, and it's not a sitting cutie, so. Oh, um, so I don't know if they have them yet, but I know they were up to Gen 5. But yeah, so not to hijack the beginning, but instead of plushie of the day, we have Doc spent too much money of the day. Um, As always, <laughs> it's fine. No, it's fine. I like I love uh, seeing all the Pokemon merchandise that I don't have that I'm going to go buy after stream. So, <laughs> you know, there's more uh, things to spend money on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you know, you know what? If you don't buy them, someone else will. And do you really want someone stealing your happiness? I don't think so. Uh, no, I guess. There's enough to go around. I think. These were rare one-of-a-kind plushes. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> Just one in existence. Yeah. One of one. The only, the only one that I've licked, so. Oh, God. You made it weird. <laughs> Just kidding. I licked all of them in the store. So, about tonight's show. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh no, so I, I mean, uh, you guys been doing anything fun lately or anything like that? I know I went on vacation, so I could talk for hours, but no, same old, same old. Just uh, happy to be back doing these live shows. It's been like four months since we did one. Really, I think back in January was the last one. So longer than that, uh, about almost. So, but I guess that's a good transition to kind of explain that we used to do this every week, which proved to be a lot uh, for busy adults. So on select Thursdays, we will be doing two hours worth of the Indigo Plateau show, and then those will be released every other Thursday. So this isn't an every week thing, unfortunately, but we will be doing live shows. So, Well, so I guess let's kick it off. Um, I think we should start with something that is strength of Pat's. So in case you guys uh, haven't listened to today's release yet. Um, you know, Pat's background is in competitive and strategic building and breeding and good stuff like that. 
So one of the topics that we figured would be fun to cover with Scarlet and Violet being out for a while now, and we talked about this in uh, the episode that released, uh, raids. So I'm a fan of them. Ghosts, you you don't really usually do too many of the raids. But, um, you know, I find it as a cool thing to do with a small group of friends. And uh, we thought maybe talking about your favorite raid movesets or your favorite raid strategies would be pretty cool. So uh, I'm going to let Pat go because uh, you put pressure on the new guy and he's bound to do good. So, <laughs> so as many of you guys probably know, if you guys play the game, uh, just recently, one of the most recent raids that we had was Walking Wake, Iron Leaves, and Chestnut. Uh that we had available to be able to try and get. Obviously, that chestnut was a level 7 raid, which, I'll tell you what, boy, was an absolute <laughs> atrocity to try to get with randoms. It took me so many raids, it was not even funny. But I ended up getting it, and the Pokemon that I actually used to get it was an Annihilate. Uh, specifically, I had an... Annihilate with the Defiant uh, ability, which is uh, if the Pokemon has any stat lowered by an opposing Pokemon, its attack stat will be boosted sharply. Okay. So, most of the time when you're at a raid, you have Pokemon that will use stat lowering effects and stuff like that. Um, can be a pain to try to counter. So, having Annihilate with Defiant, which gets its attack stat sharply boosted anytime its stats are lowered, is absolutely wonderful uh as far as the move sets go for him i used rage fist with him which the user converts its rage into attack uh the more times the user has been hit by attacks the greater the moves power so the more time you use it in uh in a row the stronger the attack's gonna get so with that defiant ability he'll have his attack stat boosted and with the rage fist he's gonna be able to boost his attack stats even more that he uses that move consecutively. Uh, I also have Drain Punch on him to try to get a little bit of uh, regeneration as far as HP like back. HP. Yeah. Yep. And then um, I also run him with Bulk Up and Terra Blast. So you could run him one of two ways with Terra Typing. Uh, I like Fire Terra Typing on him just because that's I found to be like most beneficial when it comes to doing raids against like steel type, grass type, stuff like that. It also gets rid of his ghost weakness and stuff like that. Uh, and then you give him terror blast as well, so he can use his terror typing to get a stab bonus. So that's what I use against Chestnut. And then another couple Pokemon that I like having is a Libero Life Orb Cinderace. So Libero that's, is that's, that's the one that you got from the raid, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I did get that from the raid, but in Sword and Shield, I did breed for a Libero, uh, a perfect Libero one, but I got that through that Pokemon Home thing to where you got the, the hidden ability. Yep. Which Libero <laughs> is a hidden ability. Um, what it does is it changes the user's type of the move it's about to use to... Or it changes its natural typing to the type of move it's going to use. But they nerfed it from Sword and Shield mm. into Scarlet and Violet to where it only changes your typing once. So whatever move you use will then make it whatever type of move it was that you used recently. Wait, what ability was that? Protean? It's, so Protean is for um, Meowskerda. So it's basically... Libero, so Libero is basically... 
the same thing for Meow Scareda, but they just call it Protean for him. Oh, okay, because I know like Greninja and stuff had it too. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, did, did they also nerf Protean to where it's only once? Or I think is Protean so. Every- or is Protean it's only it? once. It's yeah, only they once. nerfed that. Yeah, they learned from that mistake in Sword and Shield. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just say that. Yeah. But um, on that Libero Life Orb Cinderace, I like running Pyro Ball, just obviously because it's its signature move. Uh, high Jump Kick as well. And then Iron Head and Sucker Punch. So those have a lot of like... Uh, like it has good coverage as far as like typings go for different types of Pokemon you're going to encounter. Obviously, Sucker Punch is a priority move. This is also a Pokemon that I would use for online battles. This is the exact competitive move set that I would have on him. Um, and then going back to what we were talking about as far as uh, Pokemon Go, you would want him to... Give me one second. Hold on. So let's let's talk about EVs and IVs. So obviously oh you're gonna want to battle train. <laughs> He's like, hold up, let's uh, let's pull this back. So <laughs> basically, you just like you want to feed them vitamins. Um, for my annihilate, I had fed them uh, HP ups, and I had fed them uh, the attack vitamin. What is that? That's not protein. Yeah, proteins. I fed them proteins, so he has HP all the way up and attack all the way up. I mean, when it comes to raid Pokemon, you really, unfortunately, have to EV train them. Otherwise, you're just going to get clapped. And then with uh, the Cinderace, its speed is all the way up and its attack is all the way up. But once again, like I said, I kind of made this one for competitive Pokemon and stuff. Another one that I do enjoy is Azumarill. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. After, yeah. after the play rough fix, Azumarill. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, Doc's nose. My bad. <laughs> the, the, the ability that I run on that Azumarill is huge power, which doubles the Pokemon attack stat. And I run a Belly Drum, huge power Azumarill. So it maxes its attack stat to six plus six, and then that huge power doubles it. So it's technically plus 12. Oh my God. And I run that with. EVs and HP and attack all the way up. And the moves that I use on it are play rough, liquidation, superpower, and belly drum. So the superpower is uh it also lowers your attack and defensive stat, but it hits for 120 power, 100 percent accuracy. I mean, yeah, it's gonna make you a little bit squishier, but it's gonna hit real hard against Pokemon to where you get that um that super effective typing against. Uh, liquidation is great because it's a stab move. Uh, your Azumarill is a water type, and with uh, liquidation, it oh, it'll lower the Pokemon's defense stat, and it's also a priority move, so it'll actually go first. So even though Azumarill is slow, Azumarill will be able to go first. So you don't have to necessarily worry about like the fact that it's a slow Mon because you have a priority move with that. And then I also use Play Rough with it because it's also a Fairy type and get that stab bonus with it and then also belly drum for you know the huge power effect uh and it's so it's it's that's very similar to my favorite uh build for raids so you're talking you know attack strength and you know not it's since it's a high level rate it's not gonna be an oko but you know something that's gonna take out a good you know quarter of their health bar 
I've, I've loved this since the first raids that happened. Uh, we, we were doing them. Um, we had a little group that started gathering Sundays for a stream and we would just go do different raids on, uh, uh, you know, throughout the map. And the Greninja raid was my first real frustration at a raid. And I absolutely, well, I fumbled the bag, but I fixed it. Um, I ended up loving doing the Slowbro build. So it's very similar to how it was for Greninja. So, uh, was it Iron Tread and, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Iron Tread and... Great Tusk. Yeah. Great Tusk, Oh, the yeah. old version. Okay. The ancient yeah. one. Yeah, so, so for those dudes. So, um, I've got it right here. Uh, so, first off, I do Oblivious to prevent any kind of trickery. Leftovers, because it's thick already, but that regeneration, kind of like your, uh, your Annihilate had the drain punch for the HP recovery. Yes, and Left the shell bells, so that'll yeah. give you a little chip damage heal. Yeah, I, I never really liked shell bell, but um, I just always defaulted to lefties. But um, then um, put the, the EVs into HP and defense. I make it modest, so my special attack is boosted, my physical attack goes down. And then I always, it's the same four moves. Iron defense, nasty plot, stored power, psychic terrain. And I keep it psychic terror type. So that way, for anything that's got grass moves or anything, I remove my, my water typing or electric moves, anything like that. I remove my water typing to get rid of that weakness. So, you know, I'm pure psychic, so all I got to worry about is dark and bug type moves. But it's almost a one shot to get it down to the uh, to its shield from, well, the Greninja was anyways. It was almost like you sit there, uh, nasty plot, nasty plot, iron defense, iron defense, get your stats all the way up, hit stored power. If you've triggered the psychic terrain already, that boosts sword power even more because it's a psychic type move. And you just blast away your opponent. It does not matter, it does not matter who they are. Oh, see, that's a you, cool build. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, no, that's, so when you, when you were talking about your Azumarill, I'm like, this is way too similar. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's a big bulky boy, and you go for one shot. With wow. Azumarill, Citrus Berry on him, so he recovers when he belly drums. Yeah. So, forgot to mention that as well. And I do have one more that I do like to use, but if you have a couple more that you enjoy using, Docs, I would love to hear them. Oh, no, that, that's my favorite. I, I know, <laughs> I know um, uh, so when, when we'd have our group on Sundays, uh, my, my buddy Warzak, he would always bring in Iron Hands, and he would, excuse me, he would turn one belly drum and then just punch whatever. It did not matter what we were facing. He would just belly drum, get, uh, eat his berry, get his health back up, and just punch, just drain punch uh, whatever was in front of us. Yep. <laughs> See, I, I don't have an Iron Hands build, but it's on the list. Um, but yeah, those are typically like my main three Pokemon that I enjoy using. And then another one that's Probably like one that you guys don't like think of is uh old uh Goldango with mm. uh that good as gold ability yeah. he has is absolutely phenomenal for raids. Like anything that's gonna wisp you, paralyze you, lower your stats, it's not gonna matter. What does that do? Because it, it nullifies it. So oh. 
Oh wow! Yeah, his whole his ability is a body of pure solid gold gives the Pokemon full full immunity to other Pokemon status moves. Oh wow! So <laughs> okay. yeah, so anything that's gonna lower his defense, lower his attack, anything that's gonna paralyze him, burn him, Will O Wisp, Thunder Wave, none of that, none of that affects him. So you get a lot of freebies when you're in rage because that that ability just basically is like, okay, this doesn't affect me. Um, I run him. I also have him set up to be a competitive Pokemon. So I have his speed and special attack all the way up. And his special attack is absolutely monstrous. He has such high special attack. I wish I could look at his base stats right now, but I don't feel like pulling all that up. But at level 100, uh, 6 IV, uh, 252 stats, EVs into special attack. It has a 365 attack. So he hits hard. Uh, you could run him with Nasty Plot as well, and you get one or two Nasty Plots with him with a Stab Shadow Ball or a Make It Rain. That would absolutely dominate like any raid. And I actually run him with Recover, Nasty Plot, Make It Rain, and Shadow Ball, but surprisingly, I run him with White Herb as well, so he can get a double Make It Rain without having his stats lowered. I found him really annoying in competitive if people had him with white herb. I in a, in a raid that'd be I'd love to see that on my side. But um like in competitive every time I did make it rain I'm like okay just do one more and then you're useless. Got it. Cool. But um no I love that and then in a similar fashion Skeletors actually proved to be really useful in some raids. That's right. Because Torch Song, yeah, right, exactly. My boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, Skeletor's with Torch Song boosts his special, uh, and if you invest in his special to begin with, uh, you got Shadow Ball. You then you move on to Flamethrower. Once you've raised your stats, your fourth move is up in the air, whatever you want it to be. So it was pretty cool having Skeletor's in um, in some of the raids. He came out pretty handy. So See, another one I, that I wouldn't have thought pretty good. I actually love him because of his unaware ability to where if your Pokemon has a defensive stat boost, he ignores it. So that whole unaware, he ignores the other Pokemon's stat boost. And then I also run him with Yawn, actually, to put the other Pokemon to sleep. That's, I will, uh, wait, can the Raidmons be put to sleep? They can if they don't have their shield up. Oh, okay. I must be an idiot. And have so you you can up. paralyze them. You can paralyze them. You can burn them and you can put them asleep. But if their shield's up, it doesn't affect oh, them okay. for whatever reason. So, so now yeah. Ghost, in all your numerous raids that you've done. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you actually tried any of the above the, like, the four stars? Raids? No, no, no. <laughs> I have not. I I don't know. I just uh, wasn't super jazzed about the raids in Scarlet and Violet, so I just never tried. I didn't like them in Sword and Shield because I didn't have anybody to play with. And then with Scarlet and Violet, you know, in between those games, I met Matt, you know, I met Warzak. Um, I guess I could have played with, with Allie from the start, but she's no fun. <laughs> oh. So, um, ouch. I'm going to be sleeping on this couch tonight. Uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, no, no, now that I had friends to do them with, they're a lot more fun. We got a comment in the chat. The Cinderace, uh, raid made them so mad. Oh, <laughs> it was stupid. But, you know, the, the Libero Cinderace in the end was pretty handy, but I don't know if, um, 
if I get bored, like, and I'm I'm not trying to like do them solo for a game. If I'm just bored and trying to do them solo, I would throw some really stupid stuff out there. Like, um, I, I was I keep trying to make Kilowattro work. It did, it never worked. Uh, I would mm-hmm. I was I was trying to make Claude's Iron work. It never worked. I just like just yeah. any any of the new mons that I wasn't familiar with. But yeah. Um, by the way, guess, if you guys are ever trying to make like any Pokemon like competitively viable or like something that would work good for raids, one of my biggest uh, places I like to go and kind of like gain a little idea of how I might want to train them is I go to Smogin. I know a lot of people like Cerebi, but uh, Smogin is usually my go-to. So if you're ever curious about how you should make your EV spread and like what move sets you should use, Smogin is always a great place. Usually, you're gonna have like a lot of people that are top tier competitive pokemon players that are doing the editing for the move sets and what type like terra typing you should use and also what abilities you should run on these pokemon a lot of the competitive uh competitive builds are transferable to raid builds i would say in my opinion oh no they're 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 one because the raid mons are competitively built as if it, you know, as if your opponent's team would be competitively built. So the difference is just they're massive compared to multiple. So, but, um, uh, you know, when you mentioned babies, uh, that brings us to our next topic, actually. Um, what you guys no, mentioned? I'm, I'm trying to connect, I'm trying to get inside you... your brain and see where you're going to make this connection. Oh, stay out, stay out, at least, <laughs> uh... at, at least take off your shoes. But you both mentioned when we were pre-discussing this next topic, a Pokemon that would steal babies. So I feel like it's only natural to move on. So you both mentioned Drift Bloom and Drift Blim when we, we started did. talking about Pokemon that would be extremely dangerous in real life. And there is nothing more dangerous than a kidnapper, um, <laughs> except for my three answers. So okay. <laughs> I'm going to lead off with a walking weather hazard. Or more like a waddling or rolling weather hazard, I guess. So I think this Pokemon would be a huge liability. And I know his ab- if abilities also came with them, then okay, not yeah. not as big, not as big of a deal. But Togetamaru, okay, homie's okay. cute, so you want to pet him. But if his spikes are up, you're gonna cut yourself because he's steel. Okay, like you see something cute and small, you want to pet it. Um. Probably not a good idea. Then he is metal and electricity. Those things together will kill you. <laughs> if you are petting him and lightning is attracted to him because he's made of metal, you're gone. You may- now, if his, if his ability lightning rod is still a thing, then okay, you're safe. But he is a walking weather hazard. You, I mean, yeah. Do you make a fair point? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch him they'll be fine yeah i mean but the thing is he's so darn cute and small you just want to pet him (laughs) rogue said if dangerous why friend shaped (laughs) (laughs) if dangerous why friend shaped i (laughs) make a fair point i mean pat could you resist petting it again maru no see and then pat Pat goes zap and we we're back to two people and you guys tune out for the for the safety and the sake of the show, Togetomaru's got to go. That's fair. <laughs> I would have never thought that, but now that you say that, it all checks out. So, so I I have one that's really unassuming that I don't think you guys would 
maybe think of, but Palisand. Okay. A little sandcastle Pokemon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. So, its Pokédex in Violet is from the hollows in its arms. It fires the bones of its victims, which are all dried up after being drained of their vitality. So, if you're, like, on the beach and there's a Palisand, he will suck you up and drain the <laughs> life force from you. And then shoot your bones at people. That's so hardcore. <laughs> like... <laughs> Palisand is a super unassuming gangster, alright? Like... <laughs> Alternatively, when life gives you free bones, you don't question it and you just walk the other way. So, <laughs> I don't want the bones, Docs. I don't want these. I don't know. If I it, mean, if it's shooting, yeah, that... if it's shooting bones at you, like if it's hard enough, you're gonna die. Like it's, you're not gonna survive that. So, I actually have another one, which you actually said earlier was uh, your friend Trevor's favorite Pokemon, which was Umbreon. Yes. So, Umbreon, back in the gold days, its Pokédex was actually, when agitated, this Pokémon protects itself by spraying poisonous sweat from its pores. So, when Umbreon is agitated, it sprays a poisonous sweat. Ew! It's a skunk! Well, so. hold on. Counter-argument. Toe beans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. Doc, stop trying to make all these deadly things cute. <laughs> I mean, just because I see a tiger and I want to pet its murder mittens doesn't mean I'm gonna, like... Right? I was just saying, toe beans. But, anyway. Uh, Ghost, what what, what do you... What what should I be afraid of that I'm not? Okay. So, what I have as the most dangerous Pokemon (laughs) is Mimikyu. Because just the mere sight of seeing its actual body could kill you. Like, what's more dangerous than just looking at a Pokemon... And dying, it doesn't even have to do anything. It just in has to fairness, exist. It's like the fairness. ring. <laughs> What'd you say, Docs? Is it all fairness? Yes. Right. I was I was going through like all the Pokemon. I was trying to think like what Pokemon does the most destruction. But then I thought, huh, what is the the most deadly in terms of killing you the fastest and the easiest? And it has to be Mimikyu, assuming you see its actual body. Yeah. So that, that was actually on my list, too. And I had the Ultra Moon Dex entry, which was Augusta Wind revealed what hides under this Pokemon's rag to a passing trainer who went home and died painfully that very night. Which yeah. Mimikyu is one of my absolute favorite Pokemon. But like I, I tend to like Pokemon that are very dangerous to you, apparently, because <laughs> there's a couple Pokemon I have on this list. And I'm like, I love these Mon. But... Oh, I know. Uh, well, all the ghost type. I was looking up like lists of people put together of like most dangerous Pokemon. And it's like 90 percent ghost type. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, it all makes sense. Well, but yes. <laughs> well, while we're going down that route, my my second one that I listed, the devil himself. Caterpie. No, uh, Giratina. <laughs> Giratina has to be oh great we lost ghost ghost dead no i'm here i was reading there. i was well, reading you, comments i'm here you, you you legit froze and i'm like oh my god no <laughs> that's just um, my face uh no giratina i mean what is more dangerous to you than the literal devil okay it literally has an alternate dimension uh those who played the worst game in franchise history saw it transform on top of uh oh what mountain was that um cornet yeah uh, like it's the devil he is heck boy himself okay? <laughs> He's heck boy but, i mean that is dangerous unless you have rcs you know travel along with you 
then you are in danger because he gonna murder you. He's the he's a devil snakeo. I mean, let's let, let's see if I can be as fancy as you guys and find a deck entry. Hold on. Uh, TikTok. Uh, 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 TikTok. Geratna. 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 Yes, Geratna. <clears throat> this there is one Hisuian verse that tells of a powerful light creating a deep shadow, and I imagine that this deep shadow is Giratina. Like, he's literal nether. Like, like I asked. I asked the people at Mojang what they modeled the Nether Dragon after in Minecraft, and they said Giratina. Oh, so. wow! Fun fact. Didn't know mm-hmm. that. Sounds false, but okay. Second fun oh, fact: I like to lie to my friends. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> On that note, another Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gengar. Uh. Gengar, it apparently wishes for a traveling companion. Since it was once a human itself, it tries to create one by taking the lives of other humans. Which, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the one episode with Ash and Poke- or and Pikachu, to where uh, he like had them as an outer body experience, <laughs> like fly over the city with them. That was like episode 23 of the original Pokemon series. And somehow, like, was able to, like, put their souls back into their body. But Gengar is just basically just, like, a lonely guy who's like, hey, like, I like you a lot. So <laughs> let's be in the afterlife together forever. That's if, like, if, oh, go ahead, Dax. No, I was going to say, if my dude just wants to laugh and fly around, I'm game. Just, you know, let me come back for the morning and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's like the newest or not the newest, but one the, where Ash's Gengar was introduced. Yeah. The trainer abandons it because just bad stuff happens to it. And it's so upsetting, but also just he, goes to show how unintentionally dangerous Gengar is. Yeah, and, and he's just sitting on the steps just waiting for him to come home. It is so sad. I'm like, no, you go love that Gengar. Oh, it's so upsetting, but true, well, though. Uh, my the, the last thing that I had listed is, I wouldn't say unassumingly dangerous. But just because of its behavior and mannerisms and size, it's got to be dangerous. Okay. I'm talking about Snorlax. Uh, hey, big boy. I, I, would, I would die for him. <laughs> Take me. It's fine. Okay, crush me. It's fine. Um, I would die for him. If I could sleep on him one time, just sleep on his belly one time, I would die for him. Like, I mean, you know, like deforestation is going to be an issue. You know, the world already has hungry people. You know, he's, he ain't helping. Uh, you know, when he wants to fall down and sleep, he just falls down. Your ha- like the left side of your house is gone. I mean, he's he's not he's not evil. He's not bad. He just would be dangerous. We got a nomination in the chat, actually, Hatram, and it says, "No matter who you are, if you bring strong emotions near this Pokemon, it would silence you violently." <laughs> oh, oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> No. If I'm, if, 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 I'm just, if I'm just yeah, you said you said Florida or Hatchram, Hatchram. So if if I'm just like telling Hatchram about my vacation and how much I love these caramels, it's like we'll die for that. And like I'm just trying to tell Hatchram that I love caramels, and I have to die now. That's great. <laughs> don't don't so be I, emotional. So I actually had one last Pokemon. Final final Pokemon on this uh, subject. Unless you guys had any more, uh, was. Gardevoir. 
Uh, so <laughs> Guardivar, its uh, Pokédex entry from Pokémon White was uh, to protect its trainer, it will expand or expend all its psychic power to create a small black hole. So basically, creates a, a tear in the space-time continuum and creates a black hole. Uh, that's uh, that's not good. Standard. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's fine. Um, oh, that's that's a pretty pretty deadly IRL Pokemon. I mean, there there is one honorable mention for me. Um, it's more of emotionally dangerous, and that's Machoke. <laughs> so. I got him! This is a new season. We are not doing this again. Oh, it's, you gotta carry the bit over. Come on. Listen, if I had four arms, I would be petting four cats at one time. That's what I would do. <laughs> that, that's not where, where Dox is going with this at all. You know, anybody, I encourage you to listen to seasons this one and two. This is a family-friendly show, all right? <laughs> I encourage you all to go back to seasons one and two. I hate everything. Anyway. Yeah, we have comments. I don't like this. I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's it's understandable. <laughs> Ivy, why? Uh, We're rogue, rogue. Why? No. <laughs> Anyways, I need to go. Um, onto a more normal topic. Um, uh, so if you guys listened to the episode that came out today. Uh, when we're recording this one, uh, you'll notice that the consensus is uh, Scarlet and Violet has a really, really good story. And being natural-born storytellers ourselves, uh, I figured maybe we should talk about a Pokemon storyline for a mainline game. So I have... A, I've got an idea I like. That's <laughs> so broken. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, I'm just. I'm still stuck on that. I was just like, it's so perfect, but why? This is not the first time uh, this has happened either. So no. we're just unfazed. Unfazed. No. All right. All right. But Docs, back to what you were saying, because I just associated for about 27 seconds. So. So, so anyways, um, you know, Pokemon main games, you know, usually lackluster. Scarlet and Violet story is very robust. Very. Uh, very. Uh, uh, brings you in, you know. Actually, actually captures your attention. I, I'm not good with words, but Ghost is, and he's going to tell you all about his his story idea. Am I going first? I guess. Okay. <laughs> so it's more. So it's more. I guess the overall arcing story, the concept of this game. So last season we created our own evil teams. If we all remember that. So for a quick re- recap, mine was called Team Thorn, and they basically. Um, dealt with grass type Pokemon and the the season. So we had um, spring grass type Pokemon, you know, the um, Phantump and stuff for Halloween. So in my story, it kind of draws inspiration from Ruby and what's Ruby and Sapphire. So instead of water versus ground, it's the season. So the concept is. Well, let me preface this by saying it doesn't make any sense, but I felt like I was able to because what evil team goal makes sense? So the evil team wants to create a season, an all year season. So they're fighting amongst themselves. So it's almost a civil war between the team. So as you go throughout the game, it changes the seasons rapidly. And then there's a fourth 
part of the team for winter where they're just trying to eradicate everything. So do you remember what was it? Black and white two, where they're like freezing over everything. Mm-hmm. Base. Uh, the, the, the cannons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically that. So throughout the game, there's a civil war going on with the evil team between each of the seasons. And then towards the end game, the fourth group of the evil team is just trying to eradicate everything. So you actually team up with the other seasons. So summer, fall, and autumn to defeat the winter team. So that's kind of the overarching story idea. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yes. Um, are you affiliated with one of the like when when you're when you're loading up and it's like instead of going to do the badge challenge, is your is your pro tag associated with in like you pick oh i want to be on team spring i want to be on team summer and then you progress through the story like defeating the other team's bosses or what are you doing uh so uh no i didn't think that but now that you say that that's a good idea i was actually that's exactly what you thought yes. i was actually kicking around the idea of doing you know you normally get the two versions doing a third mm-hmm. version of the game so i know i know <laughs> so Oh, which, so that's how, that's how you would pick your affiliation. Yeah, yeah, I guess in terms of all the, it's one team. So similarly to Ruby and Sapphire, who you deal with more would be dependent on the game. Okay. Um. All right, I can I can dig that. I mean, really? I. Well, no, like I'm I'm trying to think because that's kind of cool because the story like. It, it it has a good shift to it. It has, you know, I don't want to say like a secret bad guy because, you know, you're expecting infighting and then all of a sudden you're fighting someone else, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not like a secret bad dude, but okay, I can dig it. Pat, what do you think? I like it. I think it's a good, uh, good story as far as like trying to take a spin on what Pokemon is. Uh not anything that I came close to like doing. I kind of like went way off the rails with with this one. You guys on, were like, "Oh, I'm gonna create like a whole, <laughs> whole like different like type thing." It would be cool though, and you could try to incorporate like some like Deoxys storyline into it or something like that. I think. Wait for Pokemon in space or for for Pokemon Grass? <laughs> Pokemon, Grass. Pokemon in space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, was, I was making a joke there. Um, but, um, no, I, I like I I think that you already putting thought into like uh, the evil team being a part of it is fun because I mine doesn't even mention them. Oh yeah, I was trying no. to go for a like a quote unquote normal story you know similar storyline of the evil team kind of situation so are you, are you still doing badges and stuff along the way yeah. or what do you do yeah this is like a new this is the tipsalon region so oh right it's the tipsalon region Duh. yes Duh. i gotta re-listen to that episode because i loved our region we had a fun region we did have a fun region i liked it uh, so pat what you, what you got what 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 uh what, what am i gonna sit back on a sunday morning boot up my nintendo switch scarlet and violet special edition because i'm a rich kid uh and play what am i doing so i actually had a different take on anything from like the normal pokemon storyline so mine would essentially be you're running like a poke center slash daycare um to where you're basically taking care of the pokemon left in your boxes because like if you watch like the anime and stuff like that you see throughout the series that like the pokemon 
don't just like sit in a box they actually kind of have like a daycare for them and stuff like that mm -hmm. and they actually like bring them out and take care of them you'll see professor oak taking care of ash's pokemon and stuff like that that he transferred through the pc and stuff like that so what the goal of this is it's essentially kind of like an animal crossing slash stardew valley kind of vibe to where you like you're taking care of them like tamagotchis you're making sure that they're happy and you're trying to like pay the rent aka pay bill <laughs> <laughs> like you're trying to come up with like ideas to make money to pay bills so you can keep the lights on you, you gotta give them first last and deposit right i get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's basically kind of like a stardew valley animal crossing type thing to where you're taking care of the pokemon you're tending to them you're feeding them you're making sure that they're all happy and then like if they're not happy you have trainers that take their pokemon and leave you have to recruit trainers to keep coming to your pokemon center slash daycare so you're actively trying to get customers in through the door to try to pay the bills and obviously as like your your uh, bill expense the more pokemon you have the more your bills are going to be so the oh more God. you have to try to like make in money per month in order to like feed the pokemon like tend to them buy them toys and of course pay bill you know what that sounds like to me what hmm. so we have the sims we have some city and then we have the tycoon games so it's kind of like a zoo tycoon or a, or a sim game where it's kind of like you have to maintain well-being and happiness and the structures. And then, like, you can, like, upgrade your fence. You know, like, you start with wooden fence. And then it's like, would you like to upgrade your fence for 500 Poké Dollars to a metal fence? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then you have, like, your different habitats as you build, like, a zoo tycoon. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. that'd be cool. We but, had us. Yeah. I would like it. I think that that would be super cool because, like, you know, the whole concept is Bill created the the pokey box and stuff so you have to pay bill to be able to maintain your pokey box subscription essentially and keep it running box subscription kind of, no it's kind, of, it's kind of like the tom nook of pokemon essentially. <laughs> oh my god we had a suggestion in chat uh maybe stronger pokemon costs more to use the daycare or box so you would get rewarded for having stronger trainers as your customers there you go yeah, and you could def that would definitely be a cool aspect because like you could like upgrade like your your daycare license to where you could take care of Pokemon of certain levels. So you could, you know, take care of Pokemon at level forty, level fifty, level sixty, so etc. So you are essentially trying to become a master breeder slash daycare person. I just yep. think that that would be a really cool spin on Pokemon that they haven't really touched. Yeah, I was going to say, like, at first, you know, your daycare is only licensed to, you know, feed and pick up poop. Oh. And then, you know, once you're in creditations and, you know, your daycare reaches, you know, a different code, uh, you can become the movie learner. And, the, you know what I mean? And then, like, you can offer different services and make more money, like, as your facilities get better. That, I, feels, like a mobile, that feels like a mobile game. I don't know. I would play that as a real game. So I mean, I think about it, like Animal Crossing and stuff like that. And like, I mean, it's a Switch game and, and people play a heck out of it and stuff like that. And essentially, you're just trying to make rent for a slumlord. The pandemic and Animal Crossing at the same time were what kept half of this country sane. And but, yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good timing. It's good timing. Yeah. I, I, I never had any interest in it before. I bought it for Allie. She started playing. I'm like, I want a little guy in an island. So then, then I started playing. <laughs> it's bad. 
it's bad. Uh, well. So, so, but essentially, that was my idea for a Pokemon game. I can so. do it. I play it. Yeah. Now for the game that you guys wouldn't play, mine. Okay. Um, pay me, pay me, Niantic. <laughs> pay me, Pokemon <laughs> Company. I'm claiming rights right now. I want royalties. <laughs> um. So for myself, um, I thought of another way to like spin the protagonist roll around. And, but also let you still travel through a region, you know, not not be stuck in one place, you know, for too long. Um, so I thought of it as just like Pokemon trainer. Like everyone's a Pokemon trainer, but you're an instructor that goes around to different towns and you'll have like mini goals. Like, for example, you have the CPU be doing auto battles and, you know, the CPU character is like, I don't know why I always lose. And then like they come to you for help and you're like, oh, you know, what's what's this trainer's issue? Move set. And then you can be like, hey, change your move set to this trainer. And then like they go and they redo the auto battle with the other NPC. Like, hey, I won. And then it's like, okay, you know, as a Pokemon teacher, I have learned, you know, or I'm I'm accredited for, you know, move set. Or, you know, if they come to you like Oh, I, I keep getting hit with Hydro Pump, and I go down in one shot. What should I do? Oh, invest in your special defense. Get good. So, or that, too. And then, and then you know, you can have your traditional battles and catching while you're going around. And you can offer training sessions to the people, you know, to the NPCs that you come across and stuff like that. Um, or if you want to turn this into more collaborative, kind of like how they do with Scarlet and Violet. So while you're being a teacher or a trainer and you're going around to all these different places, like, um, I don't know of any good games to compare this to, but like, well, Rogue, if you're still in chat, you're about to wet yourself. Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> With Skyrim. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> but, you know, there, there are, you know, when you travel to certain places, you can learn this technique from this master or something like that. So if you want to make it more of an interactive online game, what you can do is, you know, connect to the internet and just say that, you know, your character has a very low skill for teaching people how to battle. You can find, you know, a battle master online. That's another player that they put all of their uh, quests into increasing their teaching skill for battle. And then, you know, you can interact with them online and learn that way. So I just thought it'd be really nice. There wouldn't really be an evil team. Um, there would be a league, so you could still get the badges yourself, but in order to, like, get to, get to the gym leader, instead of, uh, you know, walking around a maze in the dark, or, you know, falling down ice cubes, you know, you would, <laughs> you would have to complete the quests in the town and the side quests on, on the paths and stuff like that. Okay. So, I think that, I, I think it'd be really fun to do something like that, where you are teaching the game instead. Huh. That would be super cool. I, you know, I had an idea. Oh, sorry. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ghost. Oh, no. My bad. No, you're fine. I was going to say, like, I feel like you should be able to teach people poorly, too. And, like, your concept, like, how you teach them affects the world. Like, if all these people are mistreating their <laughs> Pokemon or, like, battling poorly, it just destroys the environment or something like that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a karma system in the game <laughs> where it's like you can take the bad action or the good action. Yeah. Oh, God. You know what that reminds me of? Um, 
there was this like Fallout 3 quest to where it was like the shop owner and you had to like complete like tasks for them and depending on how well you completed the task dictated like how well the survival book came out. Um, I forget the shop owner's name. I played that game so long ago, but it was like the one shop owner in Megaton and you had to complete like their survival book for her and based on like you had to get like so many radiation, like poisoning, like ticks on your your pit boy you had to get like so many super mutant like kills and stuff like that and based on like how you did and how like far you went up because it gave you tiers like tier one tier two tier three to complete and based on how many tiers you did was like how well the book came out and like my book ended up like coming out and it was like oh this book's a disaster anybody <laughs> who reads it's gonna die like yeah so that oh, would yeah. be really cool actually uh, I would I would have fun playing that because it would have, especially if you add in that that karma system, you know the you you can teach them wrong or teach them well, because um, that would add replayability to it. Because that's one of the big things with Pokemon stories is it's not replayable. Um, you know, having two different professors, even though it's the same exact outcome, mm-hmm. you know you you still had a little bit of variation to it. Uh, obviously, the open world really helped, but uh, that's the big thing with Pokemon stories for me is replayability. I don't know, so yeah. I think that, you know, with Ghost 3 versions, uh, you know, there'd be some, some good replayability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with... Uh, honestly, yeah, all of ours seem like they'd be pretty replayable, actually. Now that I think about it, so... So, go down this rabbit hole with me, boys. As we've been talking, what would you think of, like, a Pokemon world? Like, an open-world mmo like rpg to where you were able to go to all the different regions i i I think it'd be very overwhelming if they tried to do it at the same level that they did sword and shield no because they'll be fine they could do it no so think about it how you mitigate that is for every region you go back to the graphics would be what you experience from that first region. So first Gen 1, mm-hmm. 8-bit, Gen 2, 8-bit, Gen 3, a little bit better graphics, and so on and so forth. So as you go back to the different regions, that's how you experience the playthrough. So as you go to Kanto and Johto and such, like you experience the regions how you first originally encountered them and experienced them. And then... <laughs> You transfer over to like Paldea or something like that, and you're able to bring your little, you know, 8 bit, 16 bit Pokemon over from original Pokemon Kanto region to Paldea or etc. And then you get the 3D model, and then if you take your Paldea starter back to Johto, you get your 2D sprite. Yes, that would be that would be an extremely cool concept. Pokemon World, make it happen. (laughs) I'll be on it. I got this. I, I would pay. I would pay hundreds for that. Okay. A hundred. Wow. I, dude, I, I I kid you not. If you made that game, I would have no life. I would be lost in the sauce. I would. You would get me with so many microtransactions. It would not even be funny. Okay. Change your backpack like, for four ninety nine. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, Great. Take here's my money. money. But that that would be a pretty cool concept. The Pokemon worlds where you were able to go to all different regions and experience the different gameplay again. It's just one big open world like RPG that you could travel to wherever you want to. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, if, if anything, it could be like a con- I don't want to say like a continuing save file, or like a floating save, a cloud save file, maybe to mm-hmm. where like it's a 
Well, the hard part is the software because you're going to need room for eight regions. Well, count RCS. You're gonna need you're gonna need room on your on your hardware for multiple regions within one software. If they if they can find a way to like go back to the original you know Pokemon Yellow coding and put in you know <clears throat> sprites from every generation there fourth. And then, like, you open your Switch and you open up Yellow on your Switch via the Nintendo eShop. You know, you bought it, you downloaded it. And then you, you know, load your save file into there and then all the sprites are there. Then that's just, I think, I think the hardware and software are the issue. But do you really think it would be that hard considering, like, how much, as far as, like, data wise, like, a sprite game would take? I mean, it would only be megabytes by today's standards and stuff like that. That's true. I didn't consider that. But, I mean, it's, it'd, be a, it'd be a logistical nightmare unless they figured out a way to smash it all into one program. That's... But but they have it. They, they already have the programs figured out as they progress throughout the years, and all they would have to do is, like, backwards compatibility, essentially. You just go back and you take the software that you had it's already written. It's all already written. You would just have to find a way to make them all cohesively work together. I'm willing to bet that this sounds very simple, but it's probably very hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, probably yeah. Logistically <laughs> an absolute nightmare. But I mean, one, yeah. one can have hopes. Like so. ma- making a pizza, you think, okay, some bread, some sauce, some cheese, and a topping. And then I try to do it, and I end up calling Jimmy John's. So it's yeah. It does. Well, actually, no, there was one time I tried to make tacos and I forgot to add the taco seasoning. Like Ooh. tacos, how, how hard is that? Ground beef, seasoning, cheese, lettuce. Yeah. Put it in a tortilla. No, I didn't even season the beef. Oh, no. You got to season your beef, Docs. You got to season the beef. Every, if that's the, less, the moral of this episode is season your beef, folks. Season, season well. That's our new tagline, season your beef. I think that was a great start to season three live recordings, don't you? I, it was all right. No, I'm just kidding. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was I mean, a lot of fun. I was great. I don't know. I just, you know. Wow. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. However, if you're live right now, do not go anywhere because we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with three more topics. For those of you listening to this after the fact, the next part will be the next episode. So we'll be back. Bye, Hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs>